Welcome to Women That Wait, shedding light on the struggles Christian women have in finding godly counterparts. My name is Tavia and I am your host. So again, we just always want to start off with um, the preliminary things. Just thanking everybody for listening. Thank you for tuning in to season two. And also just a reminder that Women That Wait, we're not here to bash anybody no matter what the struggle is, whether if you're a Christian or not. Whatever spiritual path that you're on, we respect it. We're here to learn. We're here to um, talk with each other and just to grow in this walk and to struggle about Christian dating for single women and for single men. So we don't discriminate in any capacity. Today, we have a married couple who's joining us. We are so happy to have Kevin and Michelle with us today. And we're going to ask them some questions on behalf of us singles um, in terms of marriage and things that they can share with us um, and insight they can give to us that we can take with us as we're on our journey looking towards finding a partner for marriage. So we'd like to take this time to welcome Kevin and Michelle. Thanks for having us. So good to be here. Okay, so if you want to take a moment, maybe just talk about yourselves, tell us how long you've been married, anything else you want to share. Well, we've been married for about 16 years now. And um, yeah, we, we live in the GTA area. Uh, I'm a pastor at a church and my wife is a professional musician. And that's about all about us. <laughs> okay, so let's get into it. So what I'd like to ask you is, what advice would you give daters today who are looking for a future spouse? So Kevin, if you could talk about from a male perspective and Michelle, if you could give some insight from a female perspective. Um, well, I think for me, if I had to be honest, I would say instead of looking for something in a spouse, you should be something. And, you know, like uh, I found that in my story that when I was trying to be the person that God was calling me to be, then that's when I found a spouse or that's when that situation played out. But before that, when I was chasing after girls or you know trying to do it myself I, I just found that it, it didn't work and it was very frustrating but if you had to to look for something i would obviously say faith and um you know like compatibility but at the same time because love is a choice you know like if you if you want to find someone that's going to have that same value that same vision of marriage that you have Mm -hmm. That's a really good answer. I think I would uh, second that emotion in terms of second looking. Second that emotion. <laughs> Listen, this is not a singing podcast. Okay. So anyways, you can see we're very happily married. Just joking. Um, <laughs> well, she's joking. We're not happily married. Wow. <laughs> we are. We are. Okay. Qualities you should look for in a future life partner. Um, I don't know. You know, it's so funny. I kind of agree with what Kevin was saying. I'm just speaking on my own experience. I wasn't really looking I was looking for one thing, let's put it that way, and I ended up being surprised by something totally different. So I would say that, maybe be open to being surprised. But again, make sure you have your non-negotiables, like faith. If faith is a non-negotiable to you, then have that, stick to that. Um, somebody definitely also who respects you, someone who respects you, someone who um, respects themselves, and open communication, I think is pretty, those are like bedrocks. Everything from there is gravy. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you guys both, maybe starting with Kevin, 
on a scale of one to 10, how prepared would you say you were for marriage? Well, I thought I was 10, but I would say two. <laughs> because yeah, I just, I think marriage is a lot harder than I thought it would be and required more sacrifice and um, just intentionality than I thought. I thought, yeah, you just, you're, you're with a person, you're having fun, you click with them, you get married and that's going to be it. But there's, there's so much um, laying down and paying attention that has to happen. Um, it's just, yeah, it's definitely something that requires a lot of you, all of you. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Um, I was thinking about this and I thought of the analogy of trying to learn how to swim by reading a book and practicing on your living room floor. <laughs> That's exactly how prepared I felt going into marriage. I felt that I had read the book great. I was a good quote unquote woman, wife material. I knew how to cook. I knew how to keep house. I was I was nice, I was respectful, I was yeah. smart, I was intelligent. And once I got to the other side and actually jumped into the pool, it was a completely different ball game. So to answer your question on a scale of one to 10, yeah, I would say, I would say about a two <laughs> as well. Well, thanks for your honesty. Wow, you guys are both scaled yourself pretty low. So that's <laughs> um, shocking for us, but fair and understandable. Um, so now we're gonna go to another question that we talked about a couple podcasts ago. And in terms of married friends and Christian friends together. So what I want to ask you guys is where is your stance on sharing the secrets of your single friends with your spouse? So do you believe that they should respect and understand that you'll share their secrets with your spouse? Or do you keep your single friends secrets confidential? Yeah, I think this goes with single, married, Jewish, Christian, employed, unemployed, like anybody. If you have a friend um, who comes to you in confidence and if they ask for their secret to be kept confidential, I think married or not, you should keep it confidential. I don't think being married means that you have to share your friend's secrets. I don't know. That's just me. What do you think, honey? Yeah, for me, I just, I just believe in honesty. So I would tell the person like, oh, well... Just so you know, I'm probably going to share this with my spouse. What do you think? And then if they're like, nah, guy, don't share that. Then I'll be like, okay, like out of respect for you, I won't share it because you specifically asked me to. But if they're like, nah, I don't care. Go ahead. I could use the extra prayer. Then that's so I, for me, I base it on the person and I, I let them dictate. Okay, I think. What happened, the problem with us singles, especially if it's, you know, woman to woman and it's a woman problem, mm -hmm. we feel uncomfortable if our married woman friend tells their husband, but, and I can speak from my experience where I have, I've had married friends tell me directly, they will tell their husband and these personal secrets don't have anything to do with him. Mm -hmm. It might be embarrassing and mm -hmm. have been a definitive line in the friendship and i mean it is what it is but i just i think for us um the singles the idea has been split like sometimes we do understand what has been said to us by married people is that you know they don't believe in keeping secrets at all and i guess you know whether that's your secret or not and the problem comes when 
our friend tells their spouse. Their spouse doesn't have an allegiance to us. Mm -hmm. So if they tell somebody or if they tell a lot of somebodies mm -hmm. and it gets out, they don't care because they're not the one losing the friendship. So we single people, we feel we're at more to risk because we're trusting our married friend to either A, not tell their husband, where ultimately they could, their husband or wife, ultimately they could anyway, and the spouse could keep it a secret, or that they do tell, and the spouse tells everybody, and our secret is out there, whether how personal or deeper it's not. So I would love to say something to that. I just met with a mentor uh, today, actually, coincidentally, and she distinguished the the difference between a secret and privacy. Mm. There's two totally different separate issues. Um, a secret implies that you are hiding something and lying intentionally. Okay. But privacy is more like you are your own individual and you have your own thoughts and you have your own space and your own boundaries that are totally God-given and totally appropriate. And by keeping the privacy of your friend, you're not violating the bounds of your marriage you are honoring the God-given boundaries that you all have to be individuals and to operate within that individuality. And I think that was a really good distinction. So I apologize. I feel bad for, for you guys who are, are having that, that difficulty with, with having your secrets um, shared. Not cool. Not cool, people. Don't <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah, I think that's an integrity thing, man. Like, you really don't have to share everything about every person you meet like i met this person on the street and they were walking and then they stepped in a puddle i can't keep no secrets from my spouse i gotta tell them you know what i mean like you don't need to tell them everything there is way more freedom in marriage than that yeah well that's great to hear because in my experience it's been the other side where it's basically how dare i ask someone to not share a secret with their spouse but i really appreciate what you guys have said and clarifying between the secret and privacy. Mm -hmm. And um, let's move on to the next question. So we're gonna put Kevin in the hot seat now as our gentleman here for the night. Feeling hot, hot, hot. That's wow. right. Wow. Okay, so women that wait, we did a survey some months back. And one of the questions that we asked single men is about their feelings about physical beauty. So Kevin, has your stance on the importance of physical beauty in a spouse changed? since you've been married. So the men in our survey said that it's in their top three. Would you support this choice for the single men of today? Yes, Kevin. Inquiring minds would like to know. <laughs> well, how many things are on the list? I can only think of three things. <laughs> wow. But um, no, like for me, uh, physical beauty was very important before I got married. And I think that it, it was probably high, really high on the list, if not at the top or close to the top. And I think that as I've been married, um, like the love and the, the depth of experiences that we've gone through, that uh, that kind of rises to the top. And that, that choice to love and to sacrifice, like that trumps everything else. And you go through so much life experience that it's, it's that life together, that shared life that's at the top because then you start to realize that, you know, people go through things and, you know, that could affect parts of them. It could even affect them physically. But because you've made this choice to love or you're in this deeply connected oneness, then those things don't matter. 
but uh, as a young man, I can't, I, I'd have to say that it mattered to me a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's fair. And again, like, you know, the rumble in the pews <laughs> that we have heard with men is that it's number one, it's definitely in their top three. Um, it's a non-negotiable to the point where sometimes you hear or you see men online, they will see your picture and they request a full body picture. I actually saw this as of yesterday online where some Christian women were asking, how do we Christian women feel when the men request to see a full body picture? And this is in the initial stages, like not even exchanging numbers point, like they will see your face picture and before the conversation continues, they request that you send them a full body picture. So this is what it is right now. Wow. That's flop. Very discouraging. <laughs> yeah. Like no, if, if, I if it's, like if that. that's the kind of person, then I don't, I wouldn't, I mean, it's easy for me to kind of sit here on this side and say like what I'm about to say, but like you want someone that has like integrity and mm. someone that's not superficial because life can change and your your physical body can change. So if the person already, like from, like you said, the get-go, before they're even exchanging numbers or any kind of, you know, real relationship, if that to me is a clue of the type of person they're like. And, mm. and would you want to be connected to a person that is that, not superficial, but that is that that has made that the basis of their identity or their relationship and then i you know i mean just just to play the other side i'd be like what do you look like you know what i mean because you're gonna have show me your picture you're gonna have this high standard and then you're you look flop yourself you know so yeah i, I think that that's unfortunate that that's what it's come to because love is so much more um deep and important than than that. And I also feel that, just in response to what you said, Kevin, that the female opposite of that is us. We could say, well, if you're asking us for a full body picture in order for you to make a decision that you want to be with us, we could say, okay, and we understand, like, you know, we don't want ugly guys either. Like, we want them to look nice. And at the same time, we could say, okay, I want to see your bank account. And are, you know, if you make less than six figures, then that's a non-negotiable. That's how I kind of see it. Um, I, I see it as that absurd. And leading into that, we're going to put Michelle on the hot seat now. i got a question for you on that same tangent. So, Michelle, how important was it for you that a man have his affairs in order so that he could date you? So, like, specifically, like, a future husband. So, what I'm saying is that if Kevin didn't have a job, would that have made a difference in your decision to date him or if he wasn't for instance if he wasn't a strong if he wasn't strong spiritually like if he was a new christian would that have been something that would have made it like not good for him to not good for you to date him would that have been a non-negotiable like he could have been a christian but not a new christian do you get what i'm saying michelle mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah no good question um i i, I don't know if i'm in the minority here but I, that wasn't uh, a big break or di- uh, make or break for me in terms of Kevin being financially viable or stable, having a six-figure job, like 
just my personality I, I don't care about those things it's more a trajectory um, are you a bum are you even trying to get up and, and live your life daily are you even if you are an, uh, a new Christian um, are, what's the trajectory are you learning are you growing um, those are more the markers that I, I looked for um, I don't know if I can say this Kevin <laughs> but yeah when we were dating I was I was especially and when we first got married I was the breadwinner of the family I was I was working I was earning and Kevin was in school um, and, and I was in debt and he was in debt oh see I didn't even say that but anyway he was in <laughs> debt and it didn't bother me in the least because of those core um, foundation principles that I talked about at the beginning he was respectful he had integrity he was honest and the trajectory of his heart, um, his passion, his, his life movements were positive, And that far outweighed what he was bringing in the bank. And we made it. Okay. Can I also go back to the second part of that question? If he wasn't strong spiritually, because we did speak about this, I believe on the last podcast, um, there's this idea that that's been put out there that we Christian women should be seeking a Christian man who is stronger than us spiritually, who, I mean, to put that in layman terms, either knows the Bible more or prays more than us. I don't know how you would exactly measure stronger spirituality because in the Bible where it says, you know, men are supposed to be the head of the household, you know, such and such. So Michelle, what do you think about that? Um, I think, again, it's more a paradigm thing. Like, I think the paradigm of the whole Bible is that men and women are equal. Mm -hmm. And I think God created created that. That was the original design and the original intent. I think anything after that kind of came after the fall. And I think um, patriarchy had a lot to play um, in the system back in the ancient Near East. But I think God's heart and design was for women to be women and men to be equal partners. That's what I think. Wait, what was the question? No, you were right. You were fine. <laughs> Again, just saying that um, the rumble in the pews, especially with us women and um, older women, would tell us. Um, I had a situation where an older woman had said that, yeah, you need to marry a man who is stronger spiritually than you because he needs to lead you. So then this kind of narrowed our choices even more. There were gentlemen who were in the church who were, you know, new and again, the other problem is that how do we measure spiritual strength? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was the biggest issue. And how do you measure trajectory? Like maybe in this slice of space and time, maybe he's not as spiritually, quote unquote, strong as you are. But who's to say he won't be leading the pack, leading the way? You can't make those decisions quantitatively at all. What were you going to say, Kevin? I was going to say, I agree. <laughs> Good <laughs> husband. <laughs> So speaking about spirituality, um, I think a lot of us singles, we have this idea or fantasy that, you know, we marry this Christian person and everything is just going to be perfect and spiritual and God and um, this person is going to just um, spur us on in a spiritual way that's going to be even more than we could ever imagine. So what I want to ask you guys is that just even just straight up, like, do you guys do Bible study together? And as a way of giving advice to us Christian singles, do you think a Christian marriage can survive without it? 
Um, well, I, I think like, uh, well, what are you talking about when you talk about like Bible study? Are you saying, okay, every day at breakfast or at this meal, you know, like for Michelle and I, we have like an ongoing conversation and mm. then we have specific times set aside where we do have our Sabbath. And then as part of the Sabbath, we stop, we rest, we contemplate. Um, we delight. So the contemplation would be, yeah, like we do a, a common prayer book, which has Bible verses in it mm -hmm. and prayer. And so we, we definitely have it in our marriage, but it's not something that we do every day, uh, you know, and we know other couples that, yeah, they, they do do it every day. Okay. So I definitely think it has to be a part of the marriage. But now I think you're talking about like a religion where it's like you set up these rules and you have to follow this pattern. Uh, I think it's a lot more free and a lot more relational uh, than that. Yeah, because I think a lot of us, we have this idea again of that's what it's gonna look like when you marry a Christian. And then what happens in the first episode, we talked about a lot of Christian men, the reason why they may not choose a Christian woman is because they feel she's gonna be pray, 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 Bible, Bible, Bible. So that's why I like this Bible study idea because they feel that that's what it's going to look like. So I like what you said, Kevin, because I think you actually really put it in perspective and you put it into reality of what it actually will look like. And I think, too, it's like, well, well, what do you believe? Like, if you really believe in God and you're really trying to follow Jesus, then what's wrong with a Bible study? Right. So so for us, we're because we take our faith so seriously anyway it's always coming up because you know we're at church and we'll ask each other well how what did you think of the service or you know michelle will be listening to a sermon in the mornings and then she'll say oh i heard this really cool thing in a sermon today or i'll be reading a book or i'll be doing my devotion and i'll share something so it's not that we sat down and said okay we're gonna do a bible study together but we're making space and we're in our conversations, talking about what matters to us, which is our faith and, and growing in our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. I think marriage is more uh, just a fluid dance. And again, I think I alluded to this earlier. You have all these preconceived notions of what it will or should look like when you get into the day-to-day -day grind. You know what I mean? So a lot of times you don't have time to have a Bible study every mm. single day. You're not, we're not going to go to hell and our marriage is still thriving and surviving and we're still growing in Christ. Um, and I like what Kevin said about, yeah, is it a religion? Is it some kind of law, legal mandate now that we have to have Bible study every day? No, we're just living and moving and dancing and having our being in Christ. Okay, I feel that. I hear that. I hear what you're saying. Um, got another question for you about once people are starting to date or they get married, something I've kind of noticed is that either dating couples or married couples, they seem to start, and not all, but some, seem to distance themselves from their single friends. For example, I had a friend who said to me, pretty word for word, oh, I'm dating so-and-so now, so I have to hang out with this couple and this couple and this couple. And then they did not continue to hang out with me and our single friends. The person then broke up with their significant other and came right back to the group. Wow. So, and why is this? Because I have noticed in some seasons in my life, 
this is a pattern. I don't know if this is something that's encouraged among couple dating couples, married couples. Can you guys just shed any light? Because my single friends and I, we've talked about this. Um, I think the season I'm in now, it's not so, but there was a one, there was a time where it was like, yeah, um, I'm dating. You're not, we can't be friends anymore. This, oh man, this is a tricky one because on, on the outside, I, I can totally see how it would look intentional, but looking at it from the inside or on the other side, I should say, there's no inside and outside. It's just mm. a different side. Um, there's a limited, right? We're finite. We're finite beings and we have a finite amount of time um, in our lives. So when you get married now, you obviously want to make your spouse the priority. You want to make the marriage the priority. And there's, um, oh, what am I trying to say? You are naturally going to be drawn to scenarios and situations that will help um, strengthen the marriage. So say I'm thinking of a new mother, right? So a new mother is not going to call, Is the first instinct she's going to have is to call maybe another new mom. Mm-hmm. And then just time-wise, you know, you're going to be talking, oh, I have this question. Oh, what did you find about that? And then the natural bond will grow there. So not that she doesn't want to call her non-mother friend, but it's just, I don't know. Yeah, like I think that... It's, it's definitely easier to hang out with people in a similar situation. So you find that with single people, uh, you find that with married people, you find that with couples who have children. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely easier, but it's not the Jesus way. I agree with that too, yeah. So it, it actually takes intentionality to, to say, you know, like let's, it's the same way that you would say culturally, it's easier to have a church of all one culture. Mm-hmm. Everybody just likes the same food, same music. It's easier, but it's not the Jesus way. So you find churches that are like that, but is that the right way to be? Mm-hmm. And you find marriages that are like that, but is that the right way to be? I agree. Scratch my answer. Go with Kevin's answer. It's more clear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because that leads to my second part of the question. Is this something that you would recommend? Like I said, what I kind of gleaned is that there was a movement to say this. And I agree with you saying, because yes, for singles, it is easier to hang out with singles because we can complain to each other and the married people aren't telling us, oh, you know, you guys had it well, good as well. But, and I think if you have a friend who is in a different space and different season, you do at times have to be intentional. Maybe your relationship won't be exactly the same, but I at least would like to maintain the relationship. So I think I was in a season where it was like, this is what it is and you just have to get used to it. And those who say goodbye, it's because, yeah, it's like they just stepped up and we were still down and it's like, oh, too bad, so sad. So that's the idea I got. But now I'm seeing it in a different perspective. It's just more of a challenge. So so if you have friends that have young kids, you can't be like, okay, yeah, let's go out late because they're like, well, I need to get a babysitter or I don't want to put my kids down. Yeah. Uh, if they're a single person, you have more time. And, you know, if you're in a couple, then, you know, like, oh, I have to whatever, spend time with my spouse as well. So it's just that you have to be more intentional and, yeah, make that space. But it's, it's still worth it, but it just takes more work. 
Okay. And I find that uh, in general, married, single, mother, no mother, working, unemployed, any kind of dichotomy will highlight those differences. And I think it's more um, just a matter of, of being honest about where you are and, and, and grieving the change. A lot of us boils down to it. We don't like change. Um, so when, when something happens and things change, immediately it's like, oh, that's it, it's over, it's the end. Instead of going to the next level of maybe having a hard conversation, hey, I'm feeling left out. Hey, how can we reconcile this? How can we resolve that? And I think a lot of people just stop at, oh, the relationship changed, okay, the end, bye. Because it's easier, like Kevin was saying, it takes more intentionality and we don't have that emotional space. But um, yeah, I would encourage everybody in general to make that make that paradigm shift yeah i agree and i think as you said michelle like especially to have that hard conversation to say okay this is how i'm feeling why have things changed maybe difficult but it's necessary Mm -hmm. so i think as michelle just encouraged us yeah maybe we need to take that time to talk to express how we're feeling to see what's going on it could be a risk Mm -hmm. maybe the person might be like um, you're complaining. I remember having some single friends and we were talking about it and we would be afraid to say, oh, if we do say something, then we're going to come off as jealous. So, but now looking at it, that's why they call it a hard conversation mm-hmm. because it's not going to be easy. And again, you're making a risk. You possibly can be judged and you can lose the friendship. And something I've been studying lately just talks about um, that's actually a test, a litmus test of your friendship exactly. and a litmus test of where you are at spiritually, because if the friendship is really deeply rooted in Christ, mm-hmm. then they should see what it is mm-hmm. and understand mm-hmm. people are people. We understand, you know, feelings may get hurt. They may take it different ways. We all don't see eye to eye. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing we have to remember as well. So last question I got for you guys. Um, You kind of answered it, but I want another definitive answer. You guys both said, um, when I asked you how prepared you were for marriage, you said a two. How hard is marriage on a scale of one to ten? Ten. Fifty-five. It's hard. Damn hard. Wow. Yep, hard. The reason why I asked you guys to give a definitive number on this is because marriage is something you don't know until you're in it. And we singles, we have all these ideas, fantasies, and preconceived notions, but we'll never know. So that's why we like that you guys are here, just to give us that clear, you know, that clarity. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like uh, one thing that Michelle and I like to say a lot is that marriage is hard work, but it's worth it. Worth it. So there's two parts to that. <laughs> the, the worth it part is what everybody latches on to, but the hard work is something that not everybody's willing to do. And it's, I think, you know, I, I remember a, a person said to me as they were getting divorced, why didn't someone tell me marriage was this hard? And so I just made it my mission to tell everybody who's going to get married or thinking about married or who is married that, to say, yeah, it is hard. It's a choice. You have to like lay yourself down and sacrifice for the other person. You know, like you're, you're asking yourself, when is it going to be my turn? And, you know, like every time you ask God, when is it going to be my turn? God always says, never. Mm. And ideally, the other person should be saying the same thing. 
and God should be saying the same thing to them. So we're both in the process of laying ourselves down for each other and serving each other. So in reality, it's both of our turns, but just from the other person. Yeah, I don't have much more to add than that. <laughs> um, it, it's in the working out that, that the goodness comes. So you think about all these, um, like you were saying, you have these fanciful ideas of what marriage should be like. And I'm not going to start on my, my tangent of media and society and how they've totally just kind of misled us and lied to us about um, the reality of relationships and everything, right? You just see the good and oh, all the arguments always work out and they always kiss and they always are smiling and lying in bed together with their mm -hmm. hair perfect, right? Like that's not real life. That's not marriage. Um, it's really hard. But it's in the working out, like that's where the satisfaction comes in. And every marriage does not look like what you thought it was going to look like at the beginning. Like I don't know any, and not one. But the fact that you get up every day and choose this person, that, the beauty of that, that we're still going. We may not agree. Sometimes we're walking down the path and we don't even want to hold hands. We don't even want to look together, but we're still walking and there's a beauty in that and that's what we celebrate every day in our marriage and we we're still going we're still yeah walking. It's, a, it's a choice right so you choose to love and because of that choice i think there is um a confidence so i'm confident in the fact that michelle is choosing to love me forever and that allows me to be me and to be yourself and to be loved as you are, that's an amazing feeling. And that's a clue, a glimpse of what it's like to be in a relationship for, with God who truly loves us as is. Um, I just wanna take this time to say thank you to Kevin and Michelle. You dropped a lot of golden nuggets on us tonight. And I think that our listeners will be very appreciative of the info and the knowledge and the wisdom that you've shared. Congrats on your 16 years. Yeah. And I think that all the listeners will agree with me that they pretty much are hashtag goals. So what a testimony to God of your faithfulness to each other and to him. Thanks so much for having us, Tavia. It was awesome. I love your podcast. Go, go, go. Hey. <laughs> Again, we just want to thank you for listening and just encourage everyone, you know, have faith and don't give up. So again, I just want to say thank you to listening to Women That Wait.